Welcome. Welcome back. It's Jokerman revisited where we're doing <laughs> this is this is really the episode that justifies the entire project of us revisiting uh episodes uh topics we've already done uh because the first time if you recall longtime listeners know that the first episode we did on this album on desire sounds like literal dog shit Perhaps it the most disastrous <laughs> recording experience in the uh, long and storied Jokerman recording canon. It sounds like you plugged in to a piece of, of dog shit. Uh, that was a fun day there in Old Prospect Park. Uh, I'm Ian, by the way. I'm Evan. And today we're joined once again by... Bob Dylan. <laughs> there he is. He's playing his... I was just, uh, it's Tim Heidecker here. I just, I was doing my research and started playing along to some of these songs and they're just wonderfully fun, campfire-y kind of uh, arrangements. You got, so. you got, you got Mozambique down good already right there. It that's fantastic. just like it. It's yeah, just yeah. like the record. That's basically what's going on in the studio. Very <laughs> not too complicated. There's a campfire in the studio. Not many people know that. That mm. they they had to figure out a way to ventilate that room because <laughs> there was a campfire in the middle of it. Well, thanks for having me back and on a topic that I genuinely enjoy, not some obscure eighties German uh concert that right, I wasn't yeah. that I was doing a lot of catch up <laughs> to understand what was going on there. But, well, uh, thank you, thank you for uh, uh, bearing with us on that one. And now we've gotten to the good. We've gotten to the good stuff. This is the fun stuff. It's all yeah. it's all treats uh, from here on out. Uh, Desire, I think, is uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of your favorite Bob records, right, Tim? I mean, it's really what just one of my favorite records beyond Bob. I think it's just up in there general. In general, yeah. Especially now that I've been re-listening to it, reminding uh, it's reminding me of what I like about it and making me think about it some more. But uh, yeah, um, do you want me to keep talking, or do you have more? Or is this, well, is I have something it? to jump in there because yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point to think about this album. Maybe it's better to think about this album not necessarily as a Bob Dylan record, but just as a record that yeah. is because I think that that has been a stumbling block. I've been trying to wrap my head around why. What what about the record? I find I keep putting it in like a low rank whenever I rank mm-hmm. the records, and and I think it's an outlier. I, I think it is an outlier in his catalog for a f- number of reasons. But isn't his discography just like a collection of outliers in a lot of ways? Like that's it's it's a reminder sure. to me that he does he has the capacity to make something that doesn't really sound like a Bob Dylan album in totally. a lot of ways. Yeah, and, and that ends up record, sounding like the very essence of a Dylan album. Right. It, this record has that quality, maybe more so than even it's it's like that, but more so than all the others because it really is kind of a singular vibe. It's it's like they came upon a vibe mm-hmm. first, and then just this record kind of follows wherever that vibe went. And I think that's maybe a way to understand the record that in the last day or two I've found to be helpful in terms of just you know not. Not giving the record short shrift, which I tend to do, and it's a really just... <laughs> what you tend to do with all the the records that people actually like. 
Well, yeah. No, come on. Not and that's all fine. Things. I mean, I, I, uh, I, I like when popular things intersect with good things. You know, right. like uh, it's, it doesn't happen all the time. But um, I mean, I, let me just say, like, I think the big things I love about this album, and then we could get more granular, I guess. Please. Um, I, I, it's one of my favorite sounding records of his. The drums, in particular. I said this on Twitter the other day, but I think personally. And I talked to some drummers who agree with me, but the drum, the playing and the sound of the drums on this record throughout to me are kind of what like I always want drums to sound like on mm. these kind of records. So I just love the way they sound. I love the snare sound. I could go through all the pieces of a drum kit for you, but you got the tom, <laughs> like you got the, the, snare. the floor, the crash. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I love the continuity. Like you said, the vibe there's, you know, I got Scarlett Riviera, you got Emmylou Harris kind of appearing on almost every track. So there mm -hmm. is this continuity of sound where it does feel like, I know it started kind of very early on as kind of a, I think a, pl a play or some kind of theatrical work that they're working on. So it does feel like a, an album in the best sense where it's not a strict concept album, but you know, it has this continuity of sound throughout it. Well, it's, um, you're, you're close on that. It's that it was new morning is the one that really started from a, genuine from an actual theatrical piece those mm. songs were like archibald mcleish giving the uh the the orders basically saying like wouldn't it be cool if there was a song called yeah. this or that for my play right. then this one is is kind of weirdly like it's very weird that this happened but the second time that dylan worked closely with a playwright and that was the lyricist uh in who he's working with here um which is Jacques, Jacques Levy. Jacques, Jacques Levy. Yes. I think he's just Jacques, Jacques Levy because he's not like French, right? Yeah. I mean, he's not, he's like an American. <laughs> but he's got Jacques in there. <laughs> that, so Jack I Levy. Say, I, I'd call him Jack Levy. Jack, Jack Le Levy. Jack yeah. Levy. Uh, a New Yorker. Uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Is he from New York? Uh, yeah, he was born in New York City and uh, died in New York City. So uh, I, think, I think we can qualify him as a New Yorker. Jack Levinowitz, <laughs> the uh, playwright. Uh, so they work together on these lyrics, and it's really unclear to me anyway where where Dylan starts or Jacques begins, and uh, so the, but it does I think explain some of the particular uh, nuances and and sort of uh, idiosyncrasies of the songs that you get. So I was just to speak to Jacques Levy for a minute. Levy, I was watching. I don't know if you've watched these interviews with him. They're on YouTube and, mm. and he's pretty, he's actually like, he's comes across as a very down to earth kind of normal, interesting guy. Um, and the way he described the writing, the, the process, whatever the, uh, the, yeah, the, the partnership here was that Dylan had a house out in Montauk or the, the Hamptons or something like that. Right. And it was the winter, which is really interesting to think about though, the, that part, you know, the Hamptons in the winter where there's nobody around. And so he's like, you want to go out and work on this, this, some songs with me, which is very ex exciting and interesting to me because this seems like something Dylan doesn't do all the time. Mm -hmm. This is not, right. this is, this is Dylan breaking his traditions a little bit. And it sounds like they would go out there and work and write and then go have dinner at some local restaurant or go to a bar or something where nobody's around and he could kind of be left alone and the way he described it sounded very collaborative, very productive. And I don't really 
I mean, I think some of his, some of there's obviously we can get to some of the, you know, bruises on the apple here uh, when it comes to Joey or something like that. But I mean, you mean the best, the best song on the record? <laughs> I, I'll defend Joey to some degree when Longest we get to song. it. But most, you get the most song for your buck. It really Definitely adds, the yeah. most song on <laughs> the, the record. Value. Yeah, no question about that. It's actually not that long, but it feels, I know what you mean. It feels very long. It plods oh, along. It's like 11 minutes. What, how long is it? It's 11, long. 11, 11 minutes. minutes. Is it 11? Okay. It is, gen- it is legitimately long. I think it but, goes um, by in a, in a flash. I'm just, you're, yeah. <laughs> it's a riot. Um, but no, but I mean like hurricane and the first two tracks, hurricane and ISIS, I think are just tremendous pieces of writing. Yes. I don't care who wrote it. I mean, I think I, I heard a lot of Dylan in it, but, um, you, if you just read it as a story, both of them as stories, they're great they're they're just incredible yes um and what both of those are amazing on this record but blow me out of my chair when i see them in in the rolling thunder review movie i mean that when that's when things get like Mm -hmm. hot and spectacular like the i don't know what you guys think but i think the performance of hurricane in that movie is like i can't breathe during it and yeah, ISIS, I, but I yeah, we, we were talking we about and that a little everybody, bit. I think we all everybody agrees basically that the the Rolling Thunder shows really showcase the best possible versions of these songs, at, or at yeah. least it's just hard to ignore how electrifying they are when they're performed. Yeah, they yeah, t- was, he takes them to another level, which is yeah. crazy because. He had just, rec- I mean, the record hadn't even come out yet, right? Or had it just come out? Or it, was- it, it hadn't, it had been recorded, but it hadn't come out yet. Yeah, they yeah, recorded it in crazy. summer of 75, went on the tour in fall 75, record came I mean, out, I think January 76. Can you imagine being in that audience and not, and had you haven't heard any of these songs yeah, yet? Yeah, not even and you're getting them, you're getting the assault, like, um, but I mean, they're still great on the record and they, they are, but they are a little like, as a lot of Dylan records are, they're kind of sloppy and. You can, if you really, you know, if you listen on headphones, you certainly hear lots of mistakes or clams here and there, or yeah. just little, you know, the looseness of it. You could feel, I definitely feel that Emmy Lou Harris is like looking at Bob going like, what is, what am I singing? Wait, oh, where do you I'm want like yeah, joining, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a tradition, and, a longstanding tradition of, of female background vocalists just kind of being like fruitlessly at times trying to catch up with whatever the hell Bob is doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, so it, it's got that, but it, it holds together. I mean, it, it has that great energy of like, it's it, it's ran, it's 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 it could fall apart, but it never really does. You yeah, know? yeah. Just on the um, note of it, um, like uh, the the collaboration between Dylan and 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 Jack, uh, which you mentioned a moment ago, and then maybe we can actually get into mm-hmm. the songs in a second. I I think that this record like really coming back to it now really is like a reaction like a reactive you know document to blood on the tracks which come out just immediately prior which was really in like an isolating experience for bob like he was the Mm -hmm. only guy cutting those songs for the most part very small band he plays them for his brother and his brother says you know i don't hear i don't hear it you got to go back into the studio and and he's just kind of like in his own world and and so with desire which comes out really you know very quickly after blood on the tracks I think it's clear that, like, from the way the record was constructed and the way the record sounds, like, Bob was trying to go as far in the opposite direction from the Blood on the Tracks sound, vibe, experience, whatever, in order to get a big band around him, have a lot of fun, have a good vibe, make it a real collaborative kind of sound. 
And uh, there's there's pros and cons that come along with that. But it's cool that it's so different and like uh, so quickly. He, he just like turns on a dime from where he had been a year before to where he is at this point, and it's like it's just a complete 180. It's, it's honestly like crazy. But there's you know, that whole it's Bob all Dylan. those stories of uh, the actual recording of this record initially being basically like a fucking a mess, a disaster because there were just so many people in the room. Too many, yeah. literally too like, many people too many in cooks, the studio. Yeah. And, and you just and had, they had, yeah. pig, they had pigs in there. They had a chef. I think some of that's in that rap so book, right? The yeah. Rap, the rap so book. Yeah, book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah. is, I hadn't even thought about it in that way Ian. that like, this is the, uh, going the hard opposite way of, of blood on the tracks, a record that is like, about one man's pain, even though it's uh, actually about uh, Chekhov's Chekhov short, short stories. stories. Exactly. Allegedly. And I think you see that also in the material that, that's coming out here where, like, Blood on the Tracks is so Bob in his own head. Like, it's all Bob, psychoanalyzing Bob. And here, like, you get very, like, you get Isis and you get Sarah, obviously, but the rest of this is, like, very externally focused. It's not yeah, Bob it's looking words. Yeah, it's exactly. Stuff, it's headline stuff, but then it's also fun kind of you know pastiche kind of songs totally. that are kind of probably fairly meaningless just kind of you know not not coming from a super personal place it, exactly. it does actually lend some credence to the whole uh which you know the questionable idea that the blood on the tracks album was based off of Chekhov because then i mean it would make sense except for a moment that that's completely true Maybe Dylan was then in the headspace of like, maybe it's not so crazy for me to work directly with a playwright. Uh, uh-huh. And then you could imagine, I mean, an alternate reality where like Sarah ends up on Blood on the Tracks like that. This seems to be a kind of uh, dormant impulse that that in this era gets explored of, of Dylan working with dramatists to some degree. Oh, it, it has. Yeah. I mean, I I'll. I'd love to know more about the the blood on the tracks checkoff thing. You don't have to get into it now, but maybe point me to where I can read more about that because I've never heard that. But um, it's just like the thing he kept saying when people would go, "Oh, this is about you and your marriage," and he oh, and he's he saying, said, "No, no, no, it's yeah, it's that's not. his deflection. He's got a line about it in Chronicles. Too. Yeah, even in Chronicles, he says, "I would even make a." That's the only line about blood on the tracks in Chronicles is like. I would even make a record of check based on Chekhov's short stories, and nobody gave like it, nobody noticed or mm-hmm. cared. Whatever. No one believed me. Yeah, no one believed. Right. Me. Well, the other word that we, then we can get to the songs, but the other word I would apply to this whole record is cinematic. And mm. you know, aside from just dramatic or the the playwright element, the the record has beyond a vibe. It really feels like you. It has. It's like a visual. Uh, you, f- they feel it feels like a soundtrack, or you know, you it almost mm-hmm. feels more than a soundtrack. It feels like you're listening to a movie or something. It, sure, it, it yeah. has the lyrically. It's so you know the great line from Hurricane versus Enter. What does he say? I have I have all the it's lyrics. Like, yeah, Enter. What a great way to what a fucking cool way to start a song. Yeah. Pistol shots ring out in the barroom night. Enter Patty Valentine from the upper hall. It's like this is a script. It's you know, like stage directions like, exactly. Stage direction. But that, that um, line but also the, it reminds me of um, of of 
Allen Ginsberg, like enter Patty Valentine from the uh, or, oh yeah, totally from the, from the in the in the night or what was the line in the in the bar room night? That's like yeah. a, a big beatnik uh, tick to always at, say night sure. in like the yeah like in the lonely Colorado night of the what, that's something <laughs> yeah. that Jack Kerouac would always do, and they're hanging but, out a lot around this time. I'm sure there's influence there. I mean, aside, but in addition to that, the the cinematic stuff, like just the use of the accordion and Joey and just the the textures of the violin, you know, just the textures of the record feel like you smell. It's like the dumb, the stupid line about, not stupid line, but the line about being for the benefit of Mr. Kite where John Lennon's saying, I want to hear this. I want to smell the sawdust. In the, mm. And so this record well, has that, that thing. <laughs> Yeah, he said that to George Martin about the about like the whole instrumental break. Like, I want you to, I want to hear the sawdust. I was talking with Brian. I was just hanging out with Brian and Michael of the Lemon Twigs, and they're always talking about the Beatles. And um, yeah, I didn't know that. And you're always talking about of, Dylan, and then you yeah, guys fight. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there. I didn't know that for the benefit of Mr. Kite is apparently was literally just take ripped from an actual poster, and that he was reading it. Yeah. And which makes yeah. sense because like some of those lines are almost too good to make up. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. And of course, it's, Henry the Horse dances the waltz. Like, this, it's just, yeah. uh, it it does make sense in that way. Yeah, you and can see that. Like, there, you can off. look online. You can see the you can see the poster. It's pretty literal. It's pretty wow. much just like you know, it's right there. Um, so, anyways, yes, I just wanted to get those ideas out that that it, it has that quality to it that texture and then the, the other thing the cover i'm sure you guys know this about the cover john that, phillips uh, yeah the wolf of what wolf is king. It? king of la, wolf king of LA. Of, of LA. yeah and like the, the no bigger of- no worse there's there's like he's like maybe top five worst guys in rock and roll you know Damn. like so <laughs> that's to a no that's I, a great record feels, Good. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those like everyone talks about it being a great record. I don't, I never like put it on. It's yeah. not one of my put it on records, you know. Yeah, there you go. But, <laughs> um, but it's always it's always nice when your guy is like the the good one in that. You know what I mean? Like, right? Yeah, Bob was calling his bullshit on like 30, 40, 50 years ago or whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, let's uh, let's hit some songs because uh, boy, there are some songs on here. It's stacked. stacked. Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> interrupted. It's you know what at, they, people have heard this before. It's it's they're they're coming to the show to hear you today. Uh, pistol Thank shots you. rang out in a barroom night. Uh, Inter Patty Valentine. Hurricane. Oh, is that the next line? Uh, he says hurricane. Yeah. Enter Patty Valentine. Hurricane. The bartender in a pool of blood. She cries out, "My God, they killed them all. They killed I mean, them all." I'm like, I'm in. You got me. What what's going on? You know, hell of a way to start um, a record. This rec, this song really uh, blew up in my like. I was a Dylan fan in high school, and uh, but the movie I think came out. Uh, it might have been a little later. I know that Hurricane came out. Sorry, let me start. Let me rethink that. There was the Bob Dylan's Greatest Hits Volume Three. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. that came out in '93 or '94 or something like that. Whatever right. it was. That this was Hurricane finally made it to the greatest hits on that record. And I think it was a big there was a big push of this song at that time on the radio. And then I think the Denzel Washington movie came out a little later than that. But so this this song is fairly ubiquitous and it was almost in that, you know, uh, uh, knocking on heaven's door realm of Dylan 
songs of just almost overplayed or almost right. you can just you kind of under under an underrated song just because it was so everywhere and you just like i don't need to hear that but the rolling thunder review kind of reignited it for me uh to see him perform that live was seriously i said it earlier it's seriously one of the most jaw-dropping like breathless filmic you know cinematic experience i've i've ever had yeah um and it just made me fall in love with the song again and be like regard and i know that you can also go down another route saying that that there's some factual inaccuracies in this song that i don't care about maybe right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it wouldn't be like, a bob dylan whatever. song without some factual inaccuracies yeah whatever works this is i'm not here to get the news <laughs> you know uh, that's where uh, you and i differ because i only <laughs> i don't watch the news i listen to bob dylan songs from 50 years ago <laughs> right it has somehow well, become like one of the signature song like uh, like i'm looking on spotify right now i've got the record pulled up in the background huge. it's number it's the fourth most played song on the entire the entire thing it's knocking on heaven's door it's rolling stone blown in the wind and then it's hurricane yeah. it's like it's it's like honestly like kind of surprising to me that this eight and a half minute long like topical song about a falsely convicted or was he boxer from the you know early 70s like it's just it's weird that this is the fourth that it has has taken on such a a big life you know at this stage what's not weird in that world in that scenario those just when you listen to the song it it is just so gripping and so uh propulsive as a story right i mean almost in the way that like a Billy Joel song is in some way, you know, mm. the same. It really is just kind of there. fun. Yeah. To like, just tap along to and snap your fingers. Uh, just it's great. Base it's, got a, level. it's super cat, super catchy, great rhythm. That band is full. Even on the recorded version, the band has got an energy yeah, to that it. Violin. Scarlet the bongos. The, the bongos, the violin. Um, the, and, and it's, it's a little bit like, and he also plays this at one of my favorite performances in the Rolling Thunder of Hattie Carroll. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It does. This, it's a very similar kind of structure to this where it's kind of a breathless reporting of the incident and then a, a fair amount of sort of larger contextual, you know, social commentary. Right. Right, uh, sort of towards Dylan the end. gives you his own sort of uh, personal view on this thing, and and in Lonesome Death of Hattie Carroll, of course, it's it's that big picture about injustice overall. And I think, yeah, this song is, I think, rightfully seen as kind of a uh, sequel, a spiritual sequel to that. Uh, like many years later, yeah, he retur- yeah. his big triumphant return to uh, protest song, protest music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what is this? Is this is this a a the first time we're hearing a four letter word in a Bob Dylan song? I can't say for sure, but That's we have kind of shit, kind was, of about shit was about to go down. It's definitely yeah. the first time we hear another word. In yeah, this song. another yes. We have I another we big. Let, we just let that one sit. <laughs> well, I will let it sit, but I will highlight that verse in particular. Kind of talking about the social commentary thing, um, and I won't say it on the. Sh- I won't say that word, but. The, did all the all of Ruben's cards were marked in advance. The trial was a pig circus. He never had a chance. That's an interesting yeah. term term, yeah, uh, turn of phrase. But the judge made Ruben's witnesses drunkards from the slums to the white folks who watched. He was just a revolutionary bum, and to the black folks, he was just a crazy n word. No doubt, he pulled the trigger. 
And though they could not produce the gun, the DA said he was the one who did the deed and the all-white jury agreed. That's fucking great. Stunning. Such amazing writing, right? Like with such simple words, such simple... Uh, and the way, of course, the performance of it, the way he kind of, the way he's using uh, a, the rhyme, whatever the whatever that's called. Uh, well, speaking of rhyme, he, if you notice, rhymes it with the hard R version of that word. He really uh, yeah. goes straight for it, and I think it well, just sure. I mean, adds to the poignancy this is, of the, these are these are different times, and I think he go. gets. He sure, but I, it, it also is, uh, you know, it is kind of crazy that the song's as popular as it is uh, even today with that. Uh, Obviously, like there could be think pieces upon think pieces of is he even right to say that as a uh, even in in the context of the song? We're not going to go there, but uh, I think that no, y- if you read it with any sort of uh, 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 what's the word? Uh, uh, good faith reading. Good faith. Yeah, you you're gonna come out thinking. Obviously, he it's. He's putting himself outside of. He's on. And just he's on the right side here. Bob, Bob's, of course, yeah. no, no one's, no one's questioning that. He's, 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 he's uh, putting himself in the headspace of other African Americans who, casually, you know, a group of people who uh, African Americans who would, kind of may not may not pay attention to the particulars of a murder case. You right. see a black guy up for murder your first instinct might be, you know, oh, that's just another blah, blah. Right. That's all he's doing. But not the not the most important part of the song. But Definitely not. Yeah, I mean, just the um, way that the song builds, I think the sense of drama, like you were talking about a, a moment ago, Tim, just like the, the cinematic quality of this whole record, like that verse, I think it, it alone is just such a, like, a great illustration of the way that like each line just kind of rolls into the next and the next and the next, and like it just like ratchets the tensions up one yeah. level higher, and then like you stack, that happens in that one verse, then you stack the next verse on top yeah, of that. Yeah, I think about that, it's just that part so where he goes, thrilling. he was the one who did the deed. And the Though they could not yeah. produce the gun. Though they could not produce the gun. This record really does have some of the my favorite, or like it's the best, it's some of my favorite Dylan singing because he's he's playing the Dylan stereotype. Like he's, he's kind of a weird... Uh, he's more energy than than you than you hear on Blood on the Tracks, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a little more of sort of that mid '60s, you know, uh, amphetamine kind of that, that energy fire and brimstone it. that he's got. Yeah, that, and this is uh, you know again like one of the, that that same fire and brimstone just gets it it transforms through his whole career, and sometimes it's almost rec- unrecognizable. But of course, I think it's the same thing that propels him to do. The, the Christian material where he's talking about you're going to go to hell if you, you know, do the, mm-hmm. if you yeah, sin. Totally. Like this yeah, he's just th- as worked up about Reuben Carter as he would be worked up about the Lord in, in a few <laughs> in a few years down the line from here. Yeah, and he's got that line, you know, uh, when he sits like Buddha in a 10-foot cell. It's it's about yeah. an, uh, a human being. It's it almost, you know, beyond any of the racial politics of the song, it really is kind of a larger statement about injustice p- period of, of people uh, fucking each yeah. other over. And uh, and that's the- again, why it becomes, it is so popular. I think it's a, it, this, these themes, these stories, these experiences are, are, are not going away. They, he's uh, tapped into something very universal. 
yeah, I think there's a lot of this record actually that speaks to uh, speaks to the current moment, uh, which maybe I'll we'll, we'll, we'll hit in a little bit. Let's uh, let's roll on though to ISIS because we've got a lot uh, roll got a on lot of, a lot of meat on this boat. Yeah, roll, there, roll there on, you John. go. <laughs> um, Do you like roll on John quickly? <laughs> uh, I'm not a big roll on John fan. In fact, I was going to bring it up. Even, you're yeah. even the, like I, the big Beatles guy, and you I know like that's kind of my issue with it. Like it's so uh, it 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 has a it has a Lenny Bruce quality to it, where it's like a quality of being great. The quality being great. Yeah, song. but also like did 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 this guy know John? Len- did this sure. did he know who John Lennon was? There's a <laughs> little buddies. disconnect in that song. I know they were, but it just feels like I don't know. You're talking about the same guy that. Anyways, we're not. I'm looking forward about. to you. Uh, I'm looking forward to you doing uh, Roll on John uh, uh, live the way that you've done uh, yeah. uh, Lenny Bruce live. It's fantastic. yeah. I've been doing. Uh, uh, I've been doing some some performances of Lenny Bruce that have been very. In fact, I have to credit you. I don't know which one you said it on the as you were talking about this. Uh, you I uh, use this line. Uh, you we talk about Lenny Bruce, or you say um, giving the context of Shot of Love. And I'm telling the audience this. This came. This record came out. Shot of love. It was. It was not. You know. It was not a. It was a critical failure or whatever. Um, you know a rec, You know the record uh, isn't doing well when there's a there's a Wikipedia subcategory that says aftermath. Yeah. <laughs> One of you said that right. <laughs> and I I use it and I have to tell you it gets a very big laugh because it's very funny. That's a truism I think across all all time for for record yeah, albums. Aftermath. aftermath. Unless you're talking about the Rolling Stones aftermath. But yeah, that's a good record. The, um, the, af- the aftermath album. So let's talk about uh, the terrorist uh, or the right. terrorist yes. group uh, ISIS. I, ISIS. I went and joined ISIS. And the fifth, on the, on the fifth, fifth day, day of May. <laughs> and I never thought it was wrong, and it was a good idea. Uh, three chords. Another crazy th- song. This is three chords. That's three it. Chords is that in the chords. truth? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like country yeah. music. Yeah, I think it's like. Uh, I mean, it's just this. It's like. I married ISIS on the fifth day of May. It just does that the whole thing. Right. Fantastic. Never, never stops that. That actually is exactly what it is. This is one Um, that I love. I I just like, I almost have a hard time listening to it on the record just because of how deeply madly in love I am with the Rolling Thunder version of this. I've I've talked about this a million times before, but like, and (laughs) you get this a little bit on Hurricane too, like listening to Desire after becoming so intimately familiar with the the Rolling Thunder performances, like it's almost like the music is being played at half speed. Sometimes yeah, like ISIS yeah, and Hurricane in particular are just like so propulsive and just like fucking yeah. balls to the wall live that when you when you listen to it on record, like there's just like I feel like I'm getting like 80. You know what moment gets here, to me? You know? What gets to me? Uh, the moment that gets to me that I love in the Rolling Thunder that doesn't deliver on the record is if you want me to. Yes. She said you look different. I said, well, yes. She said you've been gone. She said you want to stay, I said, if you want me to. Yeah! Yeah, I think we all know, we all feel the same way about that. Because that moment is just, uh, it just doesn't happen on the album, and it's a shame. Yeah, but I will say... 
we wouldn't have that if we wouldn't have it if we didn't have it on the record so i'm happy Good that point. it exists i love i mean my my i i i always i never listened to the lyrics of this that closely i never like tried to follow the story and right the other day i tried to i think it's pretty there's not much it feels like a treasure of the sierra sierra madre kind of thing like yeah it's just you know a guy get gets married he has an issue his wife doesn't I don't know what the deal is with his wife because he pretty much goes away right away. He bails yeah. on his wife, yeah, to he go bails hunt her treasure. Like, to go hunt treasure because some guy came up and he's, the guy's kind of a charlatan. He's a he's a grifter. He's like Jordan Peterson or something. Yeah, he's got he's got full lies. A man who surely knows where the treasure is, Jordan Peterson. <laughs> yeah, and he goes, uh, "Come with me. I'll show you exactly where to find it." But. <laughs> He, um, he dies instantly. <laughs> yeah, and then he dies. He's and just not built I, for the cold. Yeah, you know, know what's great this, though is uh, the ice uh, pyramid. Pyramids, that, um, the ice pyramids. Well, that's yeah. the pyramids embedded in ice is great so line. cool. Yeah, because you're like, is this on another planet? Like, where are we? You know, because where yeah, are the, there pyramids in ice? I don't again, know. Like, the incredible, like dramatic, just kind of imagery here. I was thinking about turquoise. I was thinking about gold. Thinking I was about thinking gold. about diamonds. I was thinking about diamonds in the world's, in the world's biggest, biggest necklace. necklace. As we wrote the, the greatest canyons. lie on the roof. Yeah, yeah, when we made our first like, uh, we made a playlist of our picks of favorite songs from the seventies, and we named it "World's Biggest Necklace." Jokerman selects <laughs> the seventies. You know one. that. That might be my one of my favorite lines in the record, uh, <laughs> the and, and I just know, you just know I think you know you just hope and I think that Dylan's like sort of smirking through some of this stuff. He's having a he's having a, a blast. No, of course, yeah. This it's one a funny th- line. It's hilarious. I, I think the the whole song is kind of uh, sort of a lark, um, and and this one I think in particular, like it's it, we talked a little bit about how it's hard to tell where the Bob ends and the, the, the Jacques begins or vice yeah. versa. This one seems a little more Bob to me, not only because mm-hmm. of the, you know, kind of brilliant imagery and the kind of like hilarious lines that he delivers, uh, but because of, I think the story that's kind of going on here at the, at the end of the day, he realizes that there is no treasure. And this, this grifter guy, Jordan Peterson has led him to a tomb where there is no treasure to find. And he's getting fucked at the end of the day. And he comes yeah. back, he comes back, uh, the, comes the real back. treasure was cleaning your room. <laughs> the whole time. The bloody, the bloody, the bloody treasure is, is what's inside. Oh, I forgot that he says bloody. It's, 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 it's the beautiful a, treasure. A completely Anyways. un-British man going. The yeah. I hear they, they say that up in Canada a lot. Do that? Is I, that, that's wait, what he's I hear. Canadian? No, they, he is Canadian. Yeah, I've, uh, I've seen people tweet do, about I that. I think that legitimately they do say bloody. Do they up actually there, say certainly. bloody? Oh, I guess they are yeah. part of the, the Queen's realm up yeah. there, aren't they? They, they love the their they love their Queen. Sure, they are. So sure. let's move on from ISIS, unless you have anything else to say, because I feel like this is just a no brainer. Yeah, I've always just felt like the, maybe the opposite was true—that it was not such a Bob song, because I can't think of any mm. other song where he does a narrative that's like this uh, whimsical and weird. Uh, I, but I guess I, I stand corrected when I think about a certain song called Tin Angel. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. like we were oh just tweeting God, yeah. about today or Frankie Lee and Judas Priest. You know, yeah, I, I think sure, there's a lot of this sure. kind of or, stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, J- Jack of Spades. What's that one? The uh, yeah, Lily Rosemary yeah, and Jack of Hearts. Yeah. Which that one, I don't know. I need to maybe read that one or something that does that, does that have a narrative that makes any sense? Uh, it's a very Queen of Heart and Jack. It makes as much sense as this song for sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, this song I can track. 
I think this song's kind of clear. Actually, so, Lily Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts, I think we have discussed in the past uh, talking about it as if it it is sort of like um, Frankie Lee and Judas Priest, and it has that, or, or anything from like John Wesley Harding, that kind of, um, honestly, I see a lot of parallels with all that stuff and this song because John Wesley Harding is full of songs that feel like they have some kind of ancient narrative quality. Like there's the, like an old legend passed para- through parables is the oral word history. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So you get some of that on here, but I, as to what it actually means or amounts to, I think that's kind of uh, up to interpretation in a big way. Right. Great song, Isis. Uh, Mozambique, as you were regaling oh. us with earlier, Tim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to spend some time in Mozambique. Come on, this is a fun song. I oh, love yeah, it. 100%. Fantastic it's, song. I think it's the first song in the record. Well, uh, she shows, I think this is the one where you really feel Emmy Lou on this one, right? Yeah, because I mean, yeah, it's like a big duet between the two of them. And so it's a yeah, romantic I, weekend in, in the sun and surf. Everyone's having a good time. Yes. Uh, Joan Baez must have heard this and been like, okay, wow. <laughs> so you and Emmy Lou, huh? All right. Uh, she's missing out. Fair enough. <laughs> you read that that thing that you showed uh, me, Ian. Uh, uh, what was it that um, Joan Didion like just eviscerating Joan Baez? Yeah. That was that was one of the most uh, cruel things I've ever read, and it was like, oh dear, it, I don't, I don't. Oh, an article or a, yeah, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was one was, of the. It's an essay from the White Album that Joan Didion wrote uh, about Joan Baez in like '68 or something like oh that, dear. and she's just like you know. She's it's so cold. Not, not it, particularly it is, kind to, to Sweet mm. Joan. I think it ends like like this is the. It says something that like this. Is, she was the girl who like fe- wants to like quote like feel so much, and like want like still wanted to hold on to her like uh, her her melancholy or, or something until uh, even though she's old enough that she like shouldn't anymore. And now that the whole folk thing is over, she rarely leaves the Carmel Valley. Like that's how it ends. Yeah. Mm, right. Pretty brutal. Um, Harsh. um, this is a rare, uh, maybe not that rare, but it's a song. It's a song. It's a Dylan song with a bridge. Oh, it's you a don't good point. Always, yeah. yeah. You don't, which usually... is kind of, it's kind of like a Beatlesque, esque or like a kind of very traditional folky bridge where it ends mute, not to get too music dorky here, but very usually bob dylan songs don't end with a five chord which is you know like staying here stand by the ocean something like that but then it goes that's like kind of like 60s poppy kind of thing yeah magic in a magical land yeah you can imagine the birds doing that or something the birds definitely, yeah. Yeah, I guess this was at the point when Dylan might have been uh, like the other way around. He starts to get influenced by the people who are influenced by him, and it kind of creates like a bit of a, a feedback well, we- loop. I love Mozambique. Speaking of Wikipedia sections and stuff, um, they've got they've got a whole section song information subsections. Each of the songs, nice. Hurricane, Isis. You know, you got big big paragraphs for each of these songs. The Mozambique lo- uh, 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 entry. Uh, consists of a single sentence uh, compared to the multiple <laughs> paragraphs for all of the other songs. Uh, Mozambique allegedly started as a game to see how many rhymes for Eek, Dylan, and Levy could find. Period. Uh, I love sentence. it. And that, you know, at the end of the day, 
that's what there is to say about Mozambique. It's a beautiful it's, song. It's a, yeah, it's an exercise. It's it's catchy. You got cheek to cheek, stop and speak. Final what's peak. A, what's the best one? Uh, San, uh, final peak. Final peak. That's it. That's it. Yeah, they could only come up with three. Honestly, you know, didn't didn't <laughs> put too much effort into this one, boys. It's probably one of my favorite uh, songs on the record. Uh, great I song. like it more than the than the preceding two. Uh, just maybe because it leans so fully into that like frivolous thing. That this is a real here. off the wall kind of song. Like I I cannot I, I cannot really point to a whole lot of other Mozambique DNA in the discography has, elsewhere. Has Dylan ever been to Mozambique? Is the question. I That's guess a good so. Point. I, I've got it. I think he he probably has. He talks in in the last song, Sarah, about like being in all these different exotic locales with his right. beloved and his children. So I think he probably took a lot of time just traveling. And it's maybe an it's an island off of Africa. Is that? Right? Uh, it's some. Is it an island or is it a country? Or I, I mean, know. I guess it's still a country. I don't know if it. It, it uh, apparently we can, we can find out. Well, it's a magical land. Yeah, it is a magical. It's a magical. Um, <laughs> uh, apparently, it had just all you emerged need to know. from a ten-year insurgency uh, against Portugal, uh, Portugal, which led to its independence at this time. Uh, hey, Portugal gets, June twenty-fifth, nineteen seventy-five. Only about a month before the song was recorded. You get that wow. Portugal uh, name drop in uh, in Sarah that they're drinking white rum oh, in a Portugal right. bar. Portugal bar, yeah. Well, I, I was right. mistaken because Madagascar is the island. Madagascar is the Mozam- island. Mozambique is off is on the mainland, on the west coast of Africa. I mean, sorry, on the east, east coast, coast of Africa, it's right across from Madagascar. Yeah. yeah. Imagine yeah, somebody yeah. who's like listening to the song. They're from Mozambique. They're so stoked that there's a whole song about Mozambique. And they get to the end. And Dylan's talking about drinking in a Portugal bar, and they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Whose side yeah. is he on? Uh, He's on yeah. no side. Okay. We love it. One more cup of coffee I, for ahead. the road. I, I have to just mention once more that it's canonical Jokerman lore that we've decided that uh, Mozambique, the song, is Dylan's um, Super Mario Sunshine. It's the one where Super where Mario goes to a uh, beautiful island, and it's all island themed, and mm-hmm. that's that's like what Dylan is doing here. So thank you. Uh, so I'm thank sure that everyone knows that. Thank you for bringing okay. Super Mario Sunshine up yet again on this podcast. <laughs> there's also a, a level in nothing. A, uh, d- nothing could interest me less. There's a, there's a Mario game that has a, that's a desert with pyramids. That's all right. All right. I'm going to cut you off right there. That will do it for Desire Revisited, side A, with our friend Tim Heidecker. Join us next time for a little talk about everyone's favorite track from the record. A little ditty about a uh, beloved mobster who was born in Red Hook, Brooklyn, year of who knows when. Only on Jokerman. Spend some time in Mozambique The sunny sky is aqua blue And all the couples dancing cheek to cheek 
It's very nice to stay a week 